welcome back to the High Vibe Show. Today's episode is all about taking lemons and turning them into lemonade. Um, I feel like we talk about this a lot in life with like inspirational quotes or, you know, things that your grandmother might tell you. I mean, Beyonce wrote an entire album about it. (laughs) I personally am a big believer in learning from the shit that comes your way and just figuring out how to turn it into a positive. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. You know, every failure, every rejection, every setback is really an opportunity to learn and grow and reevaluate your life and what you want. And so our guest uh, in today's episode was faced with possibly the most ultimate lemon and has turned it into the most magical growing experience and has totally taken out like a new lease on life. Um, So her name is Alana Gachalian. So I met Alana last fall on a campaign I was working on, which was a breast cancer awareness campaign. I instantly clicked with her. I don't know if she feels the same way, but um, I think it's because we are both Sagittarius's, duh. But also because she just had this amazing optimistic outlook on life and I found it so inspiring um, to have gone through what she went through and then to still be just like this ray of sunshine with this big bright smile. Um, So Alana was diagnosed with stage 3 breast cancer I think about a year and a half ago, uh, which obviously is like one of the most challenging life-changing experiences I think a person could go through. And she totally just turned it around and started a fresh new life, which I just think is amazing. So in this episode, she's going to share her story of going through cancer, um, the importance of advocating for yourself, and how she has just started fresh by leaving her job and leaping into starting a brand new business, which is designing Philippine-inspired head wraps for women facing cancer treatment. And we also talk a little bit about like the early days when she was fresh out of high school and still just kind of figuring out what she wanted to do. I think it's going to call back a little bit to April's episode about finding your passion um, and just figuring out what makes you happy and doing what you love and not settling for anything less than um, that. So you can find Alana on Instagram. I will link it in this episode bio or on my Instagram. Um, Follow her for inspiration on just living a fearless life and taking leaps into life's unknowns when it comes to achieving personal happiness, because that is what she is all about. To me, she is Beyonce. So enjoy the interview up next. So I am here with Alana Gachalian. Um, so how are you, Alana? I'm doing pretty well today, actually. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome to my home. We're recording in my tiny apartment today. So that's kind of different. The first one that I've done here at home. Um, we just had a delicious brunch. Absolutely. It was so insomnia. So good. Um, and so today we're going to be talking all about Alana's journey from like leading up to being diagnosed with cancer and then going through that and then kind of coming out of it with like a new lease on life and a totally change, like your life has completely changed from how you were before. It's a good 180 change, yeah. In a good way. <laughs> Definitely in a good way. Yeah. I mean, I think like when I met you, I was just so inspired by how positive you were and how like badass you are. And like, <laughs> I think you ha- there's like this image in people's heads of cancer being like 
just like you know like first of all older people you never think of someone as young as you like yes. you're 33 yeah it's, us- it's usually quite old so like you think about like 60s 70s yeah. for the most part and then like you know when you look at your instagram it's just full of like this cool like all the hip-hop dancing that you're doing and you've got this crazy haircut and you're just like this <laughs> like huge, new look like, bright smile and it's like you're kind of just killing it <laughs> killing it in my own way i guess I'm like you know everyone has their own lane so it's like i'm sticking in my lane and just kind of like going with what i like i guess i'm just embracing myself and that's, yeah a newfound perspective for sure so yeah so okay I definitely want to get into like the diagnosis and how that changed your life but I mean we were talking over brunch about like everything that you tried before you took a full-time job and got like really hardcore at the bank yeah (laughs) I was at the bank for a really long time actually yeah and I think like something that I'm really interested in I think like what I want people listening to understand is just about like trying new things and trying different things and like not holding you're or like forcing yourself to be stuck in one lane and to stick to one thing from the beginning and like I like mean, breaking out of my fear like yeah internal fear yeah and just trying new things yeah like so essentially like I went to was like in high school at that point and I think I like didn't really know what I wanted to do and very free spirit in that sense and I was like I really into, was into photography so I was like oh I like the dark room I like hanging out and I was like I like being creative in some sort of weird sense and I was like let me just see where that goes so I went to school for that um creative photography uh, <laughs> a lot of different things I really enjoyed taking like learning out of it but it definitely wasn't for me like as I did kind of try to <laughs> one of my things is like try to start a photography business where I did like portraits and I was like not for me <laughs> it was like totally not for me um, when you were young right you're yeah really I'm young Asian. like you know when you're like 17 18 you don't know everyone's like what do you want to be you go to school for it for like four years and then like you realize like what am I doing why did I pick this like because no. you've been kind of forced to do something all I cared about at that age was getting drunk like I literally yeah like I like to <laughs> underage drink and then like party on the yeah. weekends and stuff and like go work at my retail job like just to yeah. make some sort of money um I realized it definitely was not for me but I did learn a lot um it was really really cool and then went to the started working at the bank mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a safety net really enjoyed making good money at the time and I was like really young um that was nice a lot of, went to a lot partying yeah. <laughs> um, on weekends, like falling out. Were you working like nine to five at that time? I was working overnight um, at the bank, so I was working like 10 to six, and then like from like Sunday to Thursday, it was such a weird time to do that, but it was great because I met a bunch of young people who were also really awesome, and they were so fun, so it was like we all got to like hang out. Yeah, yeah, it was like relaxed job, like do all this sort of thing, and then... I went, ended up realizing, like, I was like, oh, I really like baking. <laughs> Let me go to school for that. I was like, so left the bank once again, started to do um, baking and pastry at George Brown. And um, it's really fun. It was really yeah. cool. Got to make a, tons of tasty treats. Um, learned a lot about, you know, just, like, working with other people and kind of, like, really putting, like, love into stuff that's, like, food and giving to other people. Totally. Um, started my own business. Then left my own business. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is more of a hobby like, again. I quit. It's like, yeah, I, I think I like prefer to just not do this how as long, a regular. How long were you doing it for before you decided to quit? Um, probably till I, w- I went to school for about a year for baking and pastry, and then I was like, let's work in the industry. I worked in the kitchen for like three months, and then I, I got hired from to work at my cousin's store, um, and like manage and bake, and that was like. 
a good few more months after that and then I quit so I think it was like a good six seven months that I was like doing it and I was like no I'm over it yeah um started doing stuff on the side started doing food photography which was like super rad I guess I tried to merge the, the two <laughs> the hybrid of like what did I learn photography baking stuff like create some awesome pictures I was like oh maybe I'll start a blog I was like my mind's always like constantly going but didn't end up starting a blog but just like some phenomenal photos I was just yeah. like I'll just keep these for safekeeping for later <laughs> like maybe one day if all else fails I'll have like you know, cooking blog or something, but yeah. And then back to the bank ago, I went. So I was like, this time I was working daytime. Thank God, it was a nice relief from not working overnights. Yeah. I feel like the bank was always a very safe, secure job to always go back to every time I like tried a new hobby, career thing, and then yeah, and then um, then I got diagnosed. So right. So how long were you working there before the diagnosis? Like. Just to paint a picture. Like, I was working at the bank on and off for like eight years. Oh, okay. And so at that point you were like hardcore full-time. I was full-time. Yeah, like I had just got promoted um, that earlier that year. So in 2017 I got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I was I had just got a new job in January of 2019. And I was oh, sorry, 2017. Okay. And um, so I was trying this like new role yeah. altogether. And it was such a stressful job. Yeah. That uh, it was a really high stress. I was new. I guess there was always that like line of like fine line of like learning to adapt to a new role and taking on more. But I realized like immediately the department was super, super, super stressful. And I didn't know that prior. Right. Um, and I was only working there probably like I was like maybe four months, I think. Oh, okay. Four or five months. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty new yeah. still. By the time I had gotten like diagnosed and stuff. So so, um, like, what happens with work and everything when that happens? So I, like, I know you took time off. Yeah, I definitely took, I ended up taking a year off, but the way it works with insurance companies and, I guess, at the bank, yeah. um, I told my boss right away that I was like, hey, like, I have some hospital appointments, like, I don't really know what they are, yeah. just a heads up, like, I may be dipping out of work, like, for my appointments, and he's totally understandable, but that was fine. Yeah. Did you tell him, like, I have I eventually like yeah like the day I was like I'm supposed to I'm such an idiot I was like oh I'll just go to my appointment during like my lunch break because yeah. really down the street mm -hmm. and I was like I'll be back I'm just getting my results blah 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 and then I like found out and I got that day I got told I had cancer and I didn't understand what that meant and I was like what do you mean like I'm kind of like confused and they're like you gonna see a bunch of oncologists right away they kind of just like shove you to a bunch of like rooms and people are like, giving you papers you yeah they're like giving you papers to sign you're like talking to like a genetics counselor you're like doing all these things at once it's really hard to process everything and I was alone so I was like well, that's silly like called my work and I was like I don't think I'm coming back to the office like yeah. I'm still at the hospital I don't know he's like are you okay and I was like no I'm not okay yeah. um I will talk to you about it tomorrow he's like do you want to take tomorrow off and I was like yes please I was like I need to just like understand what's going on right yeah. now and I was like I was like I didn't log off like you know like all these like thoughts in my head I was like I didn't finish my work like all this stuff yeah he's like don't worry about the work I was like oh thank god because like, yeah that was super stressful for me so and it's crazy how like in that moment like that's what you're worried about I know like, like just like all these things you're like well I left my desk there like my computer's yeah. unlocked like I didn't log off like all these things it's like so silly yeah. but you're like just all the things are going through your mind yeah your right? brain just doesn't know like, yeah it yeah. doesn't it can't process and I remember like walking outside the hospital I was like was able to call my boss like mid <laughs> mid conversation with like my genetics counselor like I had a genetics counselor at this point now and I was like yeah. what but I remember like leaving the hospital with like a stack of papers and it was like so hot and it was like sunny outside because it was like July. Yeah. Like July, August. 
and um, just like bawling my eyes out because I was just like, I don't know what to do with myself, right? I was like, yeah. why did I go on this appointment by myself? That was stupid. Secondly, like I thought I was just getting some negative test result. No, it was positive. I was like, what's happening? Yeah. And I remember just like that day, I was like bawling my eyes out. It's so funny. It's like University Avenue. <laughs> it's like sunny. It's like yeah. mid, like rush hours, like bawling my eyes out. Um, and then I just like made a couple phone calls and I was like, I was supposed to go for pizza with somebody. I was like after work. I was supposed to like go check out this like Adidas party. Uh-huh. And then I ended up still doing all that just to like distract you. distract myself and yeah. just kind of like process everything. Like I was like, the last thing I want to do is go home now and then sit and like silence and like really let that set. So I was yeah. like, ended up, I told my friend, she ended up, she's like, where are you? I'll pick you up. She ended up picking me up. It was really yeah. nice. Yeah, so we had like d- double D's deep dish pizza, and I was like, this is the best thing ever right now. <laughs> yeah. And then, this is and, what I need. This is what I need. <laughs> and then we went to like an Adidas party, which was like, had unlimited like booze and like food, and I was like, this is what I also need. And, I was, like, <laughs> yeah. and then that night, I like, kind of like, people were like, oh, so my friends, they you know, had an appointment. They're like, are you okay? And I was like, no. Yeah. But, like, and, like, kind of like touched up on it, but I didn't really want to like, you know, like you're out, right? So I'm not yeah. like, wasn't the time that I wanted to like reveal some sort of crazy stuff. I still had to process it myself. So totally. I like ended up drinking a lot that night yeah. um, just to cope. And then the next day I was like, no more alcohol to like cut that. Cause yeah. I was like, at least it makes sense the day of, like I was like, nope. Yeah, need you to, need to like, I need a drink. Like, I need like a stiff drink to like, and then the next day right after I was like, I'm going to see my doctor. I'm going to just like cut alcohol entirely. Like, yeah, let's figure out what's going on. But, um, it was a very, like, sad, but like, I don't know. It was just kind of, it was good to know that like I had people, like I could call anybody and they were like, where are you? Yeah. And like, come meet, they're like, where are you? I'm going to come meet you right now. And it was like awesome to have that support right away. And that's like, I can, I think that's why like that day on moving forward and realized like how much more support I had, like behind me so yeah. it's been like I'm pretty amazing I guess yeah in sense, and so. like is your family here in Toronto yes oh okay my parents are here and I have my cousins are here because I feel like that's something that would be hard to if you had your family far away yeah I think a lot of the time like my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer oh, she was. um so she was going through it when her like she, I guess she was like 50 50 at the time um and I was still I guess in high school so I had an idea that I potentially I could get it like I'm not it wasn't for sure but obviously it ran in my family so I just didn't think it would be like at this age yeah like I was like oh maybe I have lots of time but that you were 32 31 that's 31 31 yeah yeah so you know I thought I I didn't know I was not gonna it's not gonna be like when I was 50 or 60 it was yeah. like so that was a little bit tough but knowing it was funny because when I asked my mom about stuff I'm like oh like what did you like how was this like how was radiation and she like didn't have to go through chemo she was really lucky she didn't have to I think that would have like really scared me if she did hers was like stage one okay so what was yours stage three. Oh, yeah <laughs> and I think when you're older when you're younger it's a lot more aggressive cancer so it tends to spread oh. rapidly because oh. your body's just so like young right I guess it's just it's more of aggressive type so I was surprised I was like what I was like and you didn't have to go through chemo I was like so you had a lumpectomy and you just had radiation I was like I have to do all these things I have to get like surgery I have to like to like go through chemo I have to do radiation it's like oh my god so yeah but a lot of the time like it did bring my family closer together for sure that's nice. Yeah. So that's nice. Um, well, and I remember when I talked to you before, you had said that, like, your friends, too, were, like, changed by this experience. Yes. Just from watching um, you do it. I think they're very supportive from the beginning, and I think watching me go through everything um, has definitely been very eye-opening for them. And I think 
just like in terms of like how to deal with life things and how to I guess perspective change yeah you know like I think we're a lot of the time we're like in our own bubbles so it's like to like remove yourself from your own bubble and see what someone else is going through like you know they were very supportive in like going through my coming with me to my appointments like I had a gazillion appointments like mm-hmm. I don't even I probably like over 80 hospital visits in total yeah. wow so like they would always be like oh like do you want me to come with you I'd be like yeah because like I never wanted my parents to come just because like it's a lot for them to handle yeah emotionally it's like I'm their daughter they have to go see this I'd rather just like give them the Coles notes like after yeah <laughs> like you know debrief them on some stuff but it was really good that my friends were there for me for all of it and I guess from them seeing my you know being in my appointments and like learning about it yeah like they were more educated also right in totally. terms of like my options all this other stuff so yeah that's really good yeah, so crazy. do you want to talk about the surgery then and like because sure. you had um both of your breasts were removed and then oh no just one. Oh, just one. yeah okay. I got one removed I only had a tumor in my, my one breast um okay. I forget how big it was it was a pretty big tumor I think it was like five centimeters uh-huh. um I didn't really I didn't find it till then but I definitely mm-hmm. found the lump myself um I was kind of just like lying in bed one day and you know how you like lie down and just kind of like feel your breasts <laughs> yeah I was doing one there. of those you just lie, yeah you're just there feeling yourself whatever and I like found something and I was like oh it's like hard I was like oh I don't know what that is like is that yeah. normal I don't know and then I was like oh I should go to the doctor yeah <laughs> good point. I'm did. glad I did I'm glad I did but like I don't know how long it had been there for right so yeah. I always insist and I think it's really important that just, I really promote you lying down in bed and just feeling your breasts because, like, yeah. that's what's going to be, like, doing yeah, it like, you know, like, to you. It's really good to, to just, like, make sure they're okay, you know? Yeah. Um, and then because it's aggressive, they weren't sure how deep, like, the the tumor was. They're, like, we want to take – first it was, like, oh, we'll just have a lumpectomy, like my mom. Yeah. And then they're like, no, we don't really know how big it is. And it seems like it's spread already to, like, your lymph nodes. So we're going to have to take the whole breast out just to be safe. And, like, some lymph nodes out of your armpit, like, auxiliary nodes. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, what do you mean you're taking off my breast? Like, I'm yeah. 31. Are you joking? Like, what <laughs> yeah. am I supposed to do? I was like, so I wasn't having it. I was really like, no. Um, what are my options? Like, yeah. like can you, like you know, give me a new breast, like, you know, I can't yeah. be breastless for a year, like, first of all, it's not like you're taking both off, you're taking one, so, yeah, like, it would be super uneven, like, what am I going to do through my shirt, like, I just was freaking out on yeah. so many levels, and, like, I was really, like, I don't like any of the options they're giving me, so yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just, I was like, what else do you have, and they're like, well, your surgery's in two weeks, I'm like, well, I'm not having that surgery until you, like, tell me what else is new, yeah. what else I can do, and then I ended up, um, Definitely just kind of advocating for myself and pushing to see. I was like, no, I want to see a plastic surgeon. I want to see this. I want to see that. And then yeah. doing that, push my surgery back. But I'm really glad I did because I learned that I could get a breast made out of my stomach. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Or I can get an implant, like, right away. I didn't have to wait a year. Right, because they wanted to remove it and, and then let it heal. Let and it then... heal and then put an implant in, like, after. A year Like, later. a year yeah. later. And I was like, well, okay, I understand it's only 10, but, like, do you know what that does for my psych for a year of being yeah. like one like a uniboob like essentially yeah. I was like I'm gonna have a uniboob like that's crazy so I was able to get luckily I had enough fat in my stomach thank god um <laughs> whoever knew that was gonna be a problem um and then I ended up using that as my breast and had an immediate reconstruction right after I literally got essentially my breast taken out 
Wow. So it was definitely like I got hit by a truck. Um, I mean, but that's such a good message of like advocating for yourself and asking questions and not just like letting yourself get pushed through the system. Right. And like it was, I can see why it's easy to get pushed through the system because they're very aggressive and telling you like the doctors will be like, this is A, B, and C. That's it. Yeah. And you're like, but wait, like we live in Canada. Like I'm sure there's other options. Like they don't like to advocate for other people because they're not really sure. Like they're only specialized in certain areas. So they can't right. speak for other oncologists or other doctors and stuff so they can only speak for what they know so I was really glad that I was like well no I'd rather what's the difference of me waiting a few more weeks for my surgery like yeah to figure out my other options so totally. I did and I was really glad I did because plastic yeah. surgeon was like yeah we could totally do that well and I was like really and I was like that's amazing I was like because I thought I had nothing and I was like yeah. freaking out to my friends being like is these my only options like what are you talking about no but a lot of people don't know that and yeah. I was like insist that you advocate for yourself regardless like yeah and because we have this Canadian healthcare system it's like they're all out there and like it's not going to change the price it just changes how long you wait right right? because like all of this is covered yeah it's all of it covered yeah thankfully Um, thank god yeah like I can't even imagine living in the states right now and having to pay I think it's like at least a hundred thousand for treatment altogether and surgery like all those hospital visits and all the drugs yeah I'm like so glad I was like I don't have a hundred thousand for this I was like no. no I don't think a lot of people do right so I'm just really glad that we were in Canada and had to deal with that so yeah yeah and then so after so you have the surgery and then you have to do chemo after yeah so let me just like backtrack for a second because okay I was like <laughs> wait I forgot something I was like um right before I was so during this time I was like trying to deal with like work insurance trying to figure oh, out yes. there's a lot of like work stuff I had to navigate which is really stressful actually having to deal with the insurance company from work because they don't believe you have cancer they don't believe like you need tons of documents to prove that not only are you already figuring out what the hell you're gonna do with like your surgery options you know your life the fact that you might die you also have to prove that you're gonna die so that they can like let you get paid essentially yeah. and it was the most ridiculous thing ever and it was that was I think the most stressful it's funny I was okay with dealing with surgery I was okay with dealing with IVF okay with all the stuff I was like not okay with dealing with my insurance company and I was yeah. very bitter about it yeah because now I had to keep going back to my doctor to like get more pages facts like it was like yeah. they needed it by this day and I was like you know how much result papers you have from all your all your testing and stuff, and you have to send it to the insurance. So you have company. to send them like all that personal information, all like, of it, your results. back to back. Like they can't miss any of it. Wow. And everything needs to be signed and all this stuff. And it was like, okay, like I'm trying to figure out all my other stuff right now. And they yeah, like you're going through like the most traumatic experience of your life, and you're yeah. on the phone like on hold. With, like, yeah, on hold, and they're like, "What do you have?" Like they don't. They like the way, even the way they speak to you. They're like, it's super rude. Yeah. And I guess I understand people try to fool the system. I'm sure it happens all the time, mm-hmm. but like. At least be a little bit more compassionate when yeah. stuff like that is being said to you. Because it's not like, oh, I'm on, it's not like I'm like on stress leave. No, no. Like, yeah. it's like I'm legitly diagnosed with cancer. Like, yeah. So, uh, so during with that and then doing that whole IVF thing was pretty, um, it was like an, a week and a half, two weeks. So just like trying to save my eggs in case yeah. I got ruined from chemo, which was like a weird thing to oh. decide. I thought it was just the radiation, but it's chemo too. That chemo you- could potentially damage your ovaries um so you know it's hard to make a decision at 31 being like they're like so do you want to like save your eggs and I was like my what like a single I like didn't really think about having children I wasn't really yeah I wasn't in a relationship or anything I wasn't married so it was very 
hard to kind of be like, uh, I don't know what I should do. And like, I know yeah. some girls I've talked to them after that didn't end up saving their eggs. They just kind of like, were like, no, let me see what happens, you know? And just hope for the best. And hope for the best. Oh. And then for me, I was like, no, I'll say, I'll try it. Might as well now. It's covered. Thank God. Yeah. Um, IBS is covered if you have, if you're diagnosed with cancer. Right. Um, usually it's like a $10,000 process. Yeah. Wow, yeah. 10,013. I mean, so, like, I think it makes sense to take advantage of that opportunity if it's covered. Well, right. And also like, with chemo, you can't, once you start chemo, you can't now opt for um, IVF. That's like what they say. switch halfway through. Yeah, you can't, yeah. like, be like, oh, I want to save my eggs now, post. Yeah. Um, because they know that the chances of your ovaries being, um, like, damaged is high. So there's yeah. no point in, like, they don't want to risk the process if, yeah. like, they know they can't really get anything. So, yeah, so... <laughs> It's funny because like in a month, in about a month and a half, I had literally like got diagnosed, figure out, trying to figure out my surgery options, IVF, insurance company stuff, and then I had surgery. So it was like really crazy month, like a mindfuck. Yeah, I was literally like, just I think I became in like my body went into like survivor mode where it was just like totally, you know, taking one thing at a time, one thing at a time, and just like plowing through it. Yeah, and I realized like you can only take things like day one day at a time, anyways, and makes kind of makes more sense. It, it becomes really overwhelming. Yeah, because I remember being diagnosed with like fuck, I have to like sorry, I was like I have to go through I surgery. <laughs> I was like I have to go through surgery. I had to go through chemo. Like oh my god, chemo's a whole other thing. What does that even entail? Like yeah. radiation and all that. So like. Start to freak out and like my anxiety was like really high. They're like the doctor was like, here, just take some Ativan. <laughs> like really? you need some, yeah, because I couldn't like sleep at night. Like yeah. I'd be up to like three in the morning googling everything possible yeah. <laughs> because like that made knowing knowledge made me feel comfortable and yeah. not feel like scared. So I know a lot of people that had a hard time just googling their. But then you everything. also like end up reading the worst case scenario. Yeah, you read about right? the worst stuff. You read about the best stuff. You read about everything possible, and then like you're wired up for three in the morning. Yeah. So like, you're and just... at this point, you're not at work anymore, right? You're like. No, I was like, I think I was just kind of like recovering from surgery. Okay. And that was a good six weeks of just like, feeling feeling like I was like ninety. Yeah. I was, like ninety years old, and like a third year old body. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it was like slow recovery. Um. But it was good. I was, like, walking. I was pretty active prior, so. Yeah. Like, walking made me feel good. I was starting to get, like, cabin crazy because. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I can't do anything. Yeah, <laughs> not, like, lie there weeks, all so the time. Watch. Like, how much Netflix can you watch? Like, when you watch everything else, you're like, I think I'm done. So. For your surgery, too, did you have to sleep upright? Cause I had yes, to... yeah. I did. I, for my surgery, because I had a tummy tuck at the same time as my breast reconstruction, mm -hmm. I had to sleep. I had to sleep upright. Luckily, I, I found out I had to sleep upright, so I purposely bought, like, this, like, wing-back chair from Ikea with, like, an ottoman. I was like, I'm going to prep myself for this. It yeah, great. Get comfy. Get comfy and literally slept in it for, like, two weeks. It was so awful sleeping upright. I can't even tell you. Yeah. Um, but because I couldn't lie down because it would pull on my stomach because oh. I had bandages on my stomach and I had just gotten essentially a tummy tuck at the same time, right? Yeah. So any pulling, so I could only... I, it felt more it felt more comfortable actually just to sit upright because then my stomach's closer to me as opposed to like lying down where you yeah. realize you're fully and you realize you use a lot of your core when you push up out of bed. No one realizes that yeah. until you realize you're trying to get out of bed and you're like, oh my God, I can't get out. And you can feel it. Yeah. yeah. So um, I had to sleep upright and that was awful and I was really glad to eventually be able to crawl into bed but even still it was very painful. Yeah. Sleep like kind of like really high up like stack all the pillows that I had up and like under my knees so I could like and you couldn't sleep on your side or anything no I couldn't sleep I could probably sleep on my left side but because my right side was surgery side I was like no it was oh, out of commission so I had to learn how to sleep on my back for a full year yeah. um, oh my god 
I was not a back sleeper. I was definitely yeah. a stomach sleeper, so it was a very weird thing to be like, I guess I have to sleep like this now. Well, yeah, so. and it's like something that you do not think about. No, and you're like, what am I used to sleeping? And then you realize you can't sleep on any of the sides that you're supposed to, that you're comfortable with. So yeah. it's like a lot of adjusting, but um, yeah, and then we had like, and then chemo, right? We were talking about chemo. Right. Um, yeah, I, was, I, did, I decided to take control of it, I guess, of the fact that I knew I was going to lose my hair. Right. Um, so I decided to like shave my head off myself just to get used to it. I really had like long hair that was pretty much down like to my stomach. Wow. Um, so it was a really big change. Yeah, um, were you really like, attached to it? Yes. I felt like I, I realized after I shaved off my head that like you hide a lot behind your hair. Um, mm -hmm. especially I'm so attached to my hair. Yeah. Like, it's like so it's my like, identity. It's your identity, right? Yeah. And like, like I used to love looking at myself with like long hair and all this stuff and like Having to shave it all off at once. I donated my hair, obviously. It was really long, so I was happy to give it back to the kids. But I just was kind of like, oh, my God, I've hid behind my hair for so many years. Mm -hmm. I was like, who am I without this hair? Like, everything's exposed, right? You're yeah. like, everything's open. So that was a little bit tough for me to adjust to. But you were, like, rocking it. I know. Like, <laughs> apparently, like, it's funny. Like, eventually I embraced it. I think I was telling someone recently, too. I was like, I, I just recently shaved off my head. And I was terrified, like absolutely yeah. terrified, mortified. I was like, it's my new look. I'm not used to this. Like, so I like always put like head wraps on her. And I was like, figure out a way to like, you know, put on hoops, make me feel better. I was like, oh, you know. And then I remember watching like one of the dance shows that I was watching and this girl killing it. She had like a buzz haircut. She was so bad. Like I was like watching her and I was like, <laughs> she's so fierce. And I was like, that's when it dawned on me. I was like, yeah. wait a second. I was like she didn't cheat like she chose this look you know and like this is the look I, I now have I was like I have to embrace it I was like she's killing it and she looks so awesome and mm -hmm. she she looks like you know she's confident I was like I could be that person I was like I I was like a moment of like I have my friends so I was like oh my god I was like I could be her I was like I can embrace that I should embrace it mm -hmm. right I should embrace it and moving forward I was like okay I did. So yeah. I did. Like, I know you have like cool like stripes on the <laughs> yeah. like, like dyed my hair. Yeah, dyed it pink. Like, like you know, it's like I realized that at that time it was really fun to explore new, like just kind of like finding my new self, I guess. In that yeah. Sense, it helped me explore like new fashion sense and all sorts of things. It kind of like gave me a, like why not now? Yeah. Like you know, I make the best of like what your situation is. And yeah. I think that helped in turn, like, made me who I am now, I guess. Yeah. I agree, so. Okay, so I think that's good, a good segue to talk about dance, because, yeah. you know, we just talked about this over brunch, but, like, dancing was something that you used to do, and then you kind of set aside, right? Yeah, and so then... prior to that, like, before, so before I was, like, diagnosed, I was, like, working really hard at a stressed-out stressed job mm -hmm. um, that didn't pay me very well, <laughs> and so, <laughs> you know, like, trying to grind to make those pennies, and then to deal with my stress, I would go and take dance class, because, like, it was something I like to do and I want to get better at and help me kind of channel my stress energy into it. So I just literally started taking like heels dancing for like five months before I got diagnosed. Okay. I was literally just touching the surface of it really. Like yeah. I was like, oh, I'm starting to do this thing. It's really fun. Bringing in and like being confident and then like get diagnosed and like do that. Go Everything. Yeah. I had to like pause all that stuff. I was like yeah. working on my confidence through that and then like I had to ax that up and then just like take a break and then... Yeah, so coming back after 
radiation and remission, I like went back to dance again and I was so excited to go back. And I definitely did not have the energy for it. Um, going through chemo and radiation really tires you up. Yeah. So like, I remember like doing like a one hour private and like gassing out like entirely. It was like, I have no energy. I was like, I well, need plus to- Plus you're out of shape, right? Yeah, I'm out of shape. I had, I've literally been lying down for like 10 months yeah. like in bed, like a <laughs> like potato. Yeah. And then having to do, like get back into like being physically, physically active was like, very very tough and yeah. they're like you need five minutes i was like i need 10 minutes to sit here it's like wait for me <laughs> and then they're like it's okay like you know i'm putting a lot of pressure on myself right so it's yeah. like no i'll be fine like but it's definitely helped like going back to it has definitely like boosted my confidence i feel like more of a woman now i guess than before that sounds really weird i guess that's a lot of changes have happened so yeah like, I look at old videos, my dance videos, and I literally look like a child. Like, I feel like I'm a baby still trying to, like, figure out, like, awkwardly touching myself. And I'm, like, now I'm, like, full on. Like, yeah, you're, like, sexual. I'm very like, sexual with it. And it's, yeah. like, I guess it's coming, it's, like, a, it's a coming of, like, age, like, womanhood. Totally. To level and embracing your body, so... Yeah, I know, and your videos are amazing. Like, you're doing so much, and you do it. Didn't you say you do it like ten hours a week? Yeah, I've been doing like eight to ten hours a week. I think I started to like I was starting slow. It's like oh, one hour, two hours a week, and then and I like I realized my body's really quick at recovering faster now. So it's like oh, I do two hours like I run a regular, and I don't find it to be exhausting. Yeah, but um, yeah, like it's it's been really cool to see like my energy levels. Um, are a lot higher right yeah so, you're getting stronger getting stronger physically and like even just the, the cardio aspect of it right so totally. yeah it's been really awesome so yeah. I think. okay so I really want to ask you then about quitting your job because it's kind of like something we connected with like yes I lost my job and sort of started something new and you quit your job and started something new um so I'd love to just hear the story of like what what spurred you on because I know that you had taken a year off you went back to work yeah and then you were just like no yeah like happening. I think I, I think the work already had like a bitter taste in my mouth although I already had gone back multiple times to RV I mean to, to the bank <laughs> excuse me so um, to, the bank, to the bank multiple times I think I was used it as like a safety net but finally when I got back after being diagnosed and going through everything and being in remission it was a it was definitely just a really eye-opening experience to know that like I don't belong here mm-hmm. and I think just because my perspective changed a lot and I realized like I looked at everyone who was working away grinding away and like super stressed out I was like that's not the life that I want like life's too short to like be somewhere that you hate and totally. like be working for what like you're easily replaceable you're just yeah. a number in yeah. the system they could find another number you know what I mean and that's what I realized I was like they don't value like, big corporations don't value you as much as, like, you know, as you're working for yourself. I don't feel as, like, I feel like it was draining me. Like, every day I'd go home and be super stressed out and not have the energy to, like, look for a new job or, like, work on my resume or just do more things that made me happy. And I found, like, that was when I was, like, okay, I need to leave here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was very, very clear about it with my boss. And, like, she knew. I was, like, I'm not happy here. I was, like, I can't do this. I was, like, and didn't they ask you to come back earlier than you wanted to? Yeah, they were, like, oh, you'll be back by, like, October. I was, like, sweet. And then they're, like, a week later, they're, like, no, we already sent your papers and you're coming back. And there's the insurance company. I was, like, what? Mm -hmm. Oh, so the insurance company wasn't going to cover you anymore. Yeah, they're, like, you need to go back. Like, fortunately, I think. And I even told, I think I was talking, I had many, I guess they're, like, case managers I guess mm-hmm. but the last one I had was not I was like I don't I told her straight on the phone I was like I don't I think you're very insensitive 
And I was like, I don't know if it's because you've been here for a long time, you don't understand, like you lack compassion. And yeah. so it's kind of like returning to work, like I'm telling you how I feel. And you're telling me to go watch some YouTube videos, like to make me feel better. Like I was like, that's not, I, feel, I was like, I would like a new case as the case manager right away. I was like, you are yeah. terrible. I was like, I'm going to file a complaint because like, and my old self would have never done that, right? My old yeah. self would have never advocated myself. My old no, self but you're like, like, no shit. I was like, yeah, I was like, I gave like, zero fucks. I was yeah. like, give me a new woman. I was like, you're awful at your job. I was like, I was like, you must like, you know, hate your job too. Like, I understand. Yeah. If you do, that's fine. Just like say that to me so I understand. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? So being able to advocate for that and like, but she did. The other woman that I ended up getting, she was like, I'm sorry, you have to go back. I'm like, I know. She's like. Is there anything? And then she's trying to help me out. She was like, "Is there ways you can like talk to like HR? You know, your HR because you can't really insurance companies can't really like step in in that sense." Yeah. Like, well, yeah. And it's like even if there's nothing you can do, like just be sensitive about it. And, yeah. Like, like I just I just want you to be a little bit more compassionate, right? Yeah. About my situation. But uh, yeah, they like forced me back in, and I think that's why I was so put off by everything, like even yeah. more because you like, did not want to be there. Yeah. Like, like I didn't want to be there. On top, I now is being forced to go back. Like, likes to be forced to do anything yeah so I think that was like I was like no so by like December I was like I was like no I was telling like I think it was by like November I was like oh, I really want to quit I really want to quit I was like but can I quit like I don't know I don't know and then like I got a really sh- I got a really shitty bonus and I was like nope this nails in the coffin I was like this is a nail I was like I am yeah, done. done I am out of here I was like I've been here for nine years now I was like this is awful I was like I was like this is my sign to leave I was like I feel better yeah I just give my two weeks and walk out of there yeah. and I felt so good when I gave my two weeks I was like yes I don't have to do it I was like they can't but they can fire me for not doing my work I was like no I'm just gonna do what I can yeah I was like you know I'm not getting paid to do more I was like I'm gonna do what I can that's it I'm like someone will have to figure it out I was like it's not my problem yeah and oh. um I was so proud to walk out of there I was like giving my pass back I was like bye I'll see bye. you all I really wanted to be like pull the office, being like "fuck you." Like, fuck you. I was like, "No, but I'm not cool. gonna do that." I was fuck like, you. "Yeah, I was like, you're cool, fuck you." But I was like, "No, I was like, no, let's be appropriate." I was like, "What if I need to come back in case of emergency?" I was like, "I can't pull yeah. this." I was like, "Yeah, no, but you, you don't want to burn bridges." No, I want to leave in good terms. You know, I'm like you know. office space, like take a printer, just beat the crap out of a printer. I was like, "Yes," <laughs> but um, that's what I think about the office, <laughs> like office space. I'm like, "Yes," <laughs> but um, yeah. So I felt so relieved and you had no plan I had zero plans um I just knew it felt really good if I just left yeah and I would figure it out later and I know like that scares a lot of people and it definitely scared me for sure there was times where like what am I gonna do yeah um and so this is where we need to tell the message that like you did have a financial situation yes so um over the year that I was diagnosed I was able to and going through treatment because I wasn't spending any money essentially yeah and my insurance company covered a lot of my drugs um I literally just saved my money and I saved most of most of my paychecks for yeah. sure um and then smart. and then I also got given it's really important and I'm gonna say this right now <laughs> sign your critical illness for your life insurance because you just never know mm-hmm. and I was really glad that I had I had a life insurance policy that was for cancer or for short term, long term, and that also helped. Yeah, helped me save because you got coverage for one year, right? I got covered for full pay for half a year, and then fifty five percent of my income for long term disability, and then I got a lump sum from the insurance company. Okay. Um, 
for my critical illness. Yeah. I so, think that's, like, such an important message, especially for people. Like, I don't have any insurance right, right. now. And so now you have me rethinking, like, it's good to have. something I should think about. It's something like, to think about. I'm so glad a year before that I decided to get life insurance. Um, mm-hmm. I, was, I was telling you over brunch, I was like, my work life insurance was like, do you want long-term disability? And I was like, no, I have, like, other life insurance. And yeah. I realized now, I was like, well, that was stupid. I was like, I really should have ticked that box. Yes. Because, like, yeah. you know, at 31, I was like, oh, I'm young. I don't need life insurance like critical illness what's that like yeah. I'm healthy I'm fine like if anything I need short term maybe I'll break my leg like that's yeah. what I was instantly thinking and not realizing like lo and behold I got diagnosed and I was like well, crap and for me I was thinking it means for dependence I was like well I don't have kids so like no one like I don't need right. it but it's like oh I could use it for myself yeah <laughs> like you can literally like that. I didn't realize it either and I'm so glad I got it but life insurance is like super key um mm-hmm. you just never know yeah. And, like, I know I was thinking that, too. I was like, oh, I don't have kids. I'm not married. Like, why do I need life insurance? But, you you know, like, your life is valuable, right? And you know, it's like, yeah. you never know what could happen. And I think this was very – I was like, damn, I really should have clicked that box. I really didn't know. Mm-hmm. But I definitely would definitely look into getting life insurance because, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like, a good message. Just to make sure people are set up to, like, protect themselves. Yes. Like, take care of emergencies because you never know what's going to happen and like don't be so foolish to think it can't happen to you right and like you know if your work doesn't offer it then like find it somewhere else because there are some really affordable plans and like Mm -hmm. you know like right now I'm super lucky but like the life insurance that I ended up getting and like I get like I think quarter a quarter of a million from my life insurance and like well that's pretty sweet like yeah do you want to like let's say knock on wood but like pass away and then you don't have anything you know what I mean like how are you gonna pay for funeral costs how are you gonna pay for anything it's like or just give it to a loved one like your family future family whatever right like it just goes to like someone paying into it just feels security right so I'm really glad about that so that's how I was able to um quit my job Mm -hmm. um and feel kind of less financially burdened yeah at the time I did still freak out because I was like well I have no income coming in like what am I gonna do like this is gonna dry up yeah I was like I can only live for how long till I have to like do something you know what I mean so I'm mathematically calculating like how much time you have till you have to like make sure you find something but um that definitely helped me take that leave and made me feel comfortable Mm -hmm. stepping away from a job so I would definitely recommend if you're thinking about leaving that you would (laughs) save as much as you can even if you want to travel and just like know you're flexible with it but yeah yeah set yourself up in a way that you can and then just do it yeah yeah so what have you so that was in December yeah it's in December. been like three and a half months it's been almost four months almost now months, it's yeah. like April yeah. yeah so I think like first January I was kind of like well I'm just gonna relax and just like <laughs> yeah. figure out myself figure out my life what do I like what do I you know make more yeah. time for things that I really enjoy so I started taking more dance because that made me feel balanced and then just hanging out with my friends, like, you know, getting coffee, going for, like, yeah. food, enjoying Ugh. it, like, toying with the idea of traveling, yeah, all sorts of things, and then it dawned on me, I was like, well, what did I, like, how do I give back to, like, the community, because I think that's super important, yeah, and it was a big thing for me, like, I realized, like, you know, so it was good to give back. Well, and you were supported by, you know, you were part of Rethink. Yeah, I was part of like- Rethink, so... Um, maybe explain what Rethink is. Quickly. So Rethink is um, for, it's young women facing cancer, mm-hmm. and it's essentially based in Toronto, and they do really awesome, like, they have... It's like a support group, right? It's a support and group. And a nonprofit. Yeah, it's a nonprofit and a support group, and then they have a bunch of, like, really fun um, events, and they... Like, booby ball. Yeah, booby ball. It was, like, crazy. It's like, oh, wow. It was so wild. <laughs> 
I enjoyed it. I was like, oh, this is what happens at like charity events. I was like, I had no um, idea. I rode the mechanical bull that oh, good day, for you. and I was wearing a mini skirt, and oh I got thrown God. up and flushed my panties to everybody. <laughs> 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 oh my God. And then I went like there was a bunch of girls like mutual friends of mine mm-hmm. who um we were all just like out of our minds and like the whole night was just such a sloppy mess it was a sloppy mess really, i think like, everyone was i looked around and i was like okay yeah. we're all on the same level like, here. i can't believe this is a charity event but cool it, but it was such a fun charity event and it was yeah. pretty organized so it was so much fun but it was like yeah yeah so they essentially yeah. like you know they have like articles you get to write your own piece of blog if you're part of the the network and mm-hmm. you just share your story and i was able to share mine with them and it was really awesome so it's on my Instagram. I'm gonna put the, the websites on there just to read because yeah. anyone like wants it. But it's just nice to be to feel what other people go through. And I was able to happy to be able to share my experience and hope I helped other women, right? So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's part of it. And then yeah. And so now you're working on oh, a new project. I have a new project. So after all this like contemplating what I was gonna do with my life, um, I tried to like kind of connect the dots in a sense, and I think that's really important to do whenever you like need time to like kind of if you're resetting yourself um and restarting is to connect the dots in your life it's like what's important to you like mm-hmm. what do you what's your purpose like I was trying to figure out my purpose and I was like what's yeah. my purpose we spend a lot of time around here thinking <laughs> yeah what, what your purpose is you're like maybe it's this maybe it's that yeah I just always knew I wanted to get back to the community in a sense and I was like well what did I go through that's different than other people mm-hmm. just cancer essentially mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially young and I was like you know yeah, I used to use like head wraps and stuff to like make a statement about my fashion and I guess like embrace my new self. So I did that and I found a lot of the time like I couldn't order anything from Toronto. It was always like Amazon or online, like from the States. And I was like, but these are all just like either ridiculously heinous like head wraps. Like <laughs> yeah. you could tell you're sick. And I wasn't trying to look like I was sick. I was yeah. fine. You know, you're yeah. like, yeah, I was maybe sick, but like, but I didn't, like, yeah, I didn't want to look like I was sick. There's yeah. a difference, right? Yeah, like, I don't want to be sick, but like, make it fashion. Yeah, like, make it fashion. I was like, I just want to also embrace, like, I'm finding my new self with this whole thing. And like, so I realized I was like, oh, like, what if I created awesome head wraps that I wish I had here at the time yeah. that I was going through it? Um, but then at least be geared towards like women who are going through treatment and side effects. So, like, you know, you get hot flashes, you have to do all that. So I was like trying to figure out ways. I was like, oh, why don't I make head wraps? I was like, I was like, I already no used to wear them. Yeah, I was like, I used to wear them all the time. I was like, now I know what I would like to have. And like, you know, and that's kind of like what I'm doing. So I was like, I'm starting to make head wraps for cancer, for cancer women. And I think I eventually want to do it for kids too. I think it'd be really cute. Yeah. Um, kids go through understanding like hair loss too. And I think it'd be really important to like give them the, the gift of confidence yeah. And like, also kind of make it more styly and like embrace. Like to express yourself. Express yourself and... if you can't do it through like your hair, which a lot of people do. I yeah. was like, then put something on your head and then make it feel better about yourself. So I think yeah. it's like something that speaks from my heart, and I think yeah. it'd be a great thing to like kind of spread out. From like obviously made from someone who went through the exact same thing, so they know. Yeah. I know. So um, yeah, and then I plan to like give back. So I kind of want to get into like the host like the hospital networks and just kind of like give it to a woman who gets recently diagnosed. Um, yeah as a starter kit because like they already have to deal yeah they already have to deal with so much right so it's like imagine being like oh great my hair is falling out now I have to like think about this I have to figure out like a head covering you know what I mean it's like one last thing it's like learn how to tie it and do like really cool videos so yeah I'm currently starting a new business (laughs) um called Mirasol and it's um just a head wrap business what does Mirasol mean it means sunflower in Tagalog so it actually kind of makes sense because like we're on this like sunflower season tip for a long time and like (laughs) 
and it just kind of made sense. It mm -hmm. just kind of put together. I was like, oh, brilliant. That's that's so, cute. so I'm working on that, and that's kind of like a project that I'm inspired to do. And I'm kind of glad to like be able to, like, I wouldn't have never come up with this if I hadn't left my job. Well, yeah. I haven't like, connect those dots, you know. So happens for a reason. Absolutely. So I believe that. Um, and I think, so this might be a good time, too, to talk about, like, this was a conversation we had over breakfast as well, which is, like, people being afraid to try new things and just not taking the leap, and, like, because, like, you've never, you're not a designer, you're not no. in textiles, like. <laughs> no, I've never, I, like, could, ba I could do, like, basic sewing, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, but, like, you kind of learn as you go, like, you figure it out and you jump in and, yeah. like, now you're learning how to dye fabrics. Right? Yeah, I've learned how to dye fabric. I'm, I have no background in fashion. Like, yeah, I, have, I think that's amazing. It's like, just yeah, like, jump in. That's the thing. It's like, well, how am I going to do this? I was like, how am I going to make... I was like, I don't, have, I don't have a background in Illustrator either. Yeah. Photoshop, sure. Yeah. Based on photography, I had to have Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. But it's different to manipulate pictures than this create, like, art, right? So I think I kind of... I, like, asked a friend who was doing Illustrator, who works with Illustrator, and I was like, hey, do you have, like... Do you have, like... A, afternoon you could just kind of like show me the basics and then I could like just learn how to like figure it out from then and I did and I was glad I was able to use pull my resources to be like hey like just show me something really quickly and then I'm gonna play around with it and figure it out and I've been doing that ever since and like even with textile thing I was like I'm gonna join Artscape and learn how to like yeah, get get like used to the studio and learn how to die and like I'm the only one in the studio right now that knows how to die so like clearly it's my lab like yeah <laughs> so it's been really awesome I think that's a lot of the time it's like there's a lot of fear and like the unknown, but I think mm -hmm. that's the most exciting part of it and nervous part of it. But it's nervous and excitement are the same feeling. Yeah. So it's like you just have to spin it. Different ends of the same pole. Yeah. Say. But yeah. same, same body goes through the same motions of excitement and nervousness. So it's yeah. like, yeah, just like I'm like lost. I'll just YouTube something or I'll like go read an article. It's like yeah, the internet is get on Google. Yeah, get on Google. Google the shit out of everything. Like, yeah. Learn. Yeah. You know. So. I think that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have any parting words and like an overall message of your new perspective or if, you know, maybe people want to try something new or people want to quit their job, what would you tell them? I would say like, honestly, nothing is more invigorating, I guess, um, than taking that leap. And I think as much as it sounds super scary, you're always going to land on your feet. Like mm -hmm. I think it doesn't, as much as you think you might not sure, I was like, if you really had to, you, you, you're going to. Like, yeah. I think you're your own drive. So I think that would be something that's like a new foreign perspective. And also just like always thinking the glass is half full, right? So if like yeah. one door closes, like there's another one that opens that's like incredibly way more better yeah. and awesome than the one that you're just in. So that, that would possibly be it. Amazing. Yeah, they say um, things always work out in the end. Yeah. If it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. Yeah, <laughs> and I totally believe that. Yeah. Um, I just think it's like you just never know where you can be and what you can do if you don't leave what you're unhappy with now. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the most important is like balance and being happy. So totally. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Helena. You're welcome. Sagittarius power. Fuck yes. yes. <laughs>